Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. ask you if you would to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts as you're turning there because of some of the adjustments that we're making it's easier for us to take attendance I know we're doing our best to to just do a head count and it's a little bit easier with the smaller crowd but if you would text and certainly all of our online audience uh, thank you I know that there are some that are not here today for various reasons Uh, our elderly Amen. We, we want them to take precautions, whatever they need to do. Those that have health risks, we've asked them. Amen. Those of you that just haven't felt comfortable yet, that's fine. We're glad that you're here with us today through the online audience. And so everybody, we need you, if you would, to text to the number 240-256-4175. That's 240-256-4175. Not just how many are with you today, but the names, if you would. We're going to do our best to capture that. But again, we we really do need to, uh, part of the calling of a shepherd is to know how the sheep are doing. And you wouldn't know what it does to a pastor's mind not to know how everybody's doing. These last 10 weeks have been torturous in so many ways. Preaching to an empty building is not fun. Amen. God gives you the grace to do it, but it's not fun. I have a feeling today when I say a point and you guys say amen, I'm not going to know what to do. Probably turn around and hide. What's wrong? What did I do wrong? Because it's been a while since I've had anybody to say anything back to me. But we'll get. I'm sure I'll get over that quick enough. So don't, don't withhold your amen, all right? Thank you, Brother James. Amen. The book of Acts, chapter number 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, I say when they heard this, They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What what do we need to do in response to this preaching, this message that we have just heard? Then Peter said, this is what you need to do. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now when they heard this, amen, the Lord bless you. Amen, thank you. You all can be seated. sound demonstrated for you in that clip was a saxophonist rehearsing a sound check in the Hamilton Mausoleum. The Hamilton Mausoleum stands as one of the most iconic and great tour magnets 
in the country of Scotland. Standing, this mausoleum stands at an overall height of 123 feet. Constructed of stone walls, bronze doors, and marble floors. This architecture completes what can only be described as a masterful work of art. When construction on this edifice was complete in the year 1858, its purpose for being built was as a burial place for the family of the Dukes of Hamilton. I've always wanted to be, you know, my family is the Dukes of Lexington Park. I'd just be so royal sounding. It's not. I just, I've always wanted that. However, it is not the renowned rulers for whom it was built, nor is it the regal resources from whence it was constructed that the Hamilton Mausoleum is famous for. But it is what takes place inside these walls that makes this edifice so intriguing. Its magnetism and popularity are due to the fact that the Hamilton Mausoleum was long billed for many years, many decades. It was known as the longest lasting echo of any man-made structure in the world. In fact, it is noted, it is a fact that one door slamming in that mausoleum, the echo will continue to sound for a full 15 seconds. This morning, I want to preach on this thought for a few minutes this morning. Echoes from the upper room. Amen. Echoes from the upper room. Amen. The anatomy of an echo is simply that there must be a sure sound, a sure sound created. And that sure sound intersects with a certain surface. And when there is a sure sound and a certain surface, it creates an acoustical environment in which the sound waves continue to travel well after their origin. Cortez, good to see you this morning. My intent this morning is not to school you in the science of sound or even to educate you in the anatomy of an echo, but rather to once again amplify the sounds that started 2,000 years ago in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. There were in that room 2,000 years ago certain sounds that were first noise from within the walls of the upper room that still can and will be heard anytime there is a true Pentecost. Now, I know that there are some today that think that when I say Pentecost, you think of a denomination. You think of a certain segment of Christianity. But Pentecost is more than a denomination or a certain dogma of beliefs. Pentecost is an experience. Pentecost is God's fulfillment of a promise. Pentecost is where Emmanuel, God with us, became the paraclete God in us. And whenever humble, hungry people come to wait upon the visitation of a mighty, awesome God, Pentecost will come. And with that, there will come sounds from heaven. Sounds produced on that day 
that Pentecost was fully come still reverberate in places where the name of Jesus is declared and wherever the gospel is preached. And so I want to preach this morning for just a few minutes on these echoes from the upper room. Four sounds, if you would. I want to talk about four unique sounds that were heard on that day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago, and these same sounds will still be heard any place that there is a true Pentecost. The first sound that I would speak to you today produced on that day as 120 waited in the upper room, 120 men plus women and children, 120 believers gathered waiting for the promise as Jesus commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem. But he said, wait for the promise of my Father, uh, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, uh, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And Acts chapter number 2 tells us, verse number 1 tells us uh, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, uh, that they were all in one accord and in one place. uh, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. And the first echo that is going to be heard from the upper room, the first sound that is going to reverberate whenever there is a hungry people waiting on a mighty God is there will come a sound from heaven. If there's ever been an hour that we need to hear from heaven, it's this hour. If there's ever been a day that we need to hear from heaven, it's the day that we are living in. If there has ever been a day, if there has ever been an hour that we need to hear the reverberation of revival, it is the day that we live in today. If there's ever been a time that we needed a sound from heaven to once again fill the house where we are sitting, it is this hour. Sadly, sadly, even as Pentecost has come once again, many will not hear the sound from heaven because they've got their ears tuned to so many other sources of sound. Oh, so many today want to know what is the sound coming from the White House? What is the president got to say about this? Others want to know what is being said in the chambers of the House and the Senate. What does Congress have to say about this? Others are tuned into the governor. What has the governor got to say about everything that is going on? Others wonder what sounds are coming out of the science labs where they search for an answer for the virus. Amen. But can I tell you today there is only one sound that carries the harmony of hope and healing. The White House doesn't have the answer. Congress doesn't have the answer. The governor doesn't have the answer. The science labs don't have the answer. But there is a sound from heaven. It is the only sound that carries with it hope and healing. There is only one sound that carries the pitch of power that says you can tread on serpents. And if you take up any deadly thing, it won't harm you. You shall lay hands on the sick. 
I don't care if the sickness came from Wuhan or where it came from. The Holy Ghost down from heaven says you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What we need in this building right now is heaven to sound. We need heaven to trumpet in this building. We need the heavens to open up and God to speak in this place today. We need to hear the sound from heaven. Can I tell you today the sound from heaven preceded Simon standing up to preach. Amen. It preceded Simon standing up to declare to them what he had received from the Lord. Because the sound from heaven doesn't need an orator. This sound from heaven doesn't need somebody speaking into a microphone. This sound from heaven doesn't need a choir backing it up. This sound from heaven doesn't need a keyboardist to help it find the right key. Can I tell you right now, with hands raised toward heaven, heaven can speak in this building. And those of you that are struggling with fear, heaven can take that fear away. Listen, I've watched the demonic spirit of apathy grip some of you. Some of you that sit through church services, so, so your, your, your ears are listening to so many other sounds, you don't even care what heaven has to say. But I rebuke the spirit of apathy in this building today. Can I tell you today, I don't care what the president has to say. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't care what the Speaker of the House has to say. I don't care what the Senate has to say. I don't care what some science lab has to say. I just want to know what does heaven have to say. I wish some of you would get beside yourself right now and give praise unto God. Come on, we need heaven to sound in this place. Let there come a sound from heaven. And if we aren't careful, we get to be around the church for a while and we forget that all of this started with that sound. We forget that Pentecost would have been just another day if it weren't for the sound from heaven. So I ask you, do you remember where you were when that sound first reached your life? Do you remember the condition your life was in when heaven sounded and Jesus changed your heart? Oh, Lord, let it echo from heaven. God, let it reverberate beyond the walls of this building. Let it reverberate, God, throughout this city. Let it reverberate into Washington, D.C. Let it reverberate into Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, God, we need the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody give God praise in this building. We need heaven. We need heaven. We need heaven. Listen, if heaven decides to move in this building, I can put this microphone down and not say another word. If heaven will move in this building, we won't even need a preacher. We won't need a praise team. Healings will take place. Miracles will happen. Sight will be restored. Hope will be renewed. We don't need another good church service. We need a sound from heaven. 
Let me hurry on. The second sound that still echoes 2,000 years later, anytime that there is a Pentecost, anytime there is a true sound from heaven, Acts 2 and 12 record this second sound. The Bible says they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, what mean, what mean of this? What is, what's going on? The Bible says in verse 13, others mocking said these men are full of new wine. The second sound that will always be present when there is a Pentecost is the sound of unbelievers. Some of you today would rather be other. I, I, Ten weeks we haven't been here and you look so un, 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 unhappy to be here. I don't understand that. I'm going to tell you why. Because you're struggling with doubt and you've become a mocker. And any time there is a true Pentecost, any time there is a true sound from heaven, there will be doubters and there will be mockers. And they will make their voice heard through their actions, through their attitude, and through what they amplify. Verse 12 says of all these unbelievers, it categorizes all the believers together and says they were all amazed. Listen, you cannot walk into a Pentecostal church service and for one reason or the other, say not, not look around and say, what in the world is going on in here? If, if today you've never been to a Pentecostal church and you walked in here and your mind wasn't blown, I apologize to you. I, I, please forgive me. Because unbelievers should be amazed when they see Pentecost. Unbelievers should say, what in the world is going on? I've never seen anything like this before. I'd rather see you look disgusted than look bored in the house of God. I'd rather see you irritated with the preacher than look like you'd rather not be there. They were all amazed. Every unbeliever was amazed. But within that unbelieving Yet amazed crowd, there were two subgroups. The first group, the Bible says, was in doubt. That word doubt means they were utterly perplexed. They were inquisitive. There was a, a true wonder as they began to wonder, what, what is this? What is this? I want to, amen. Anybody ever seen somebody, you know, you're at a restaurant and they've got that perfect dish on their plate and you're trying to figure out and you look over, I wonder what that is. I, whatever that is, I want what he's got on his that's what these, these doubters were doing. They were seeing what others were experiencing, and they were wondering, I wonder, I need to find out more about what they've got on their plate. Amen. What is this? Now, if you are here today, and you are watching online, however you got in this building today, and you are wondering, you are truly inquisitive, and you are wondering, what is this Pentecost all about? No worries. I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you the same thing Simon told the doubters. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. If you want what I've got, there's plenty here. If you want what I've got, it's for you. It's for your children. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Anybody remember the first time you walked into church and you wondered what is going on? But now look at you. Look what the Lord has done.
Because any time there is a true Pentecost, there will be unbelievers. But the second subgroup of those unbelievers were those who, they were amazed, but they began to mock. They began to make fun of. They began to make fun of what God was doing, a dangerous place to be. The Greek word that was used there actually means to laugh at with contempt and ridicule. You know, that crazy dance Brother Sylvia does and she nudge your neighbor. <laughs> be careful. Be careful. Be careful mocking a sound that you haven't heard yet. Be careful mocking guidelines that you haven't stepped outside of yet. Because when you step outside of the boundaries of the word of God, you get to deal with the consequences on the other side. Be careful joining the crowd of the mockers. And there will always be a crowd that is mocking what God is doing. Anytime there is a true Pentecost, there will always be someone sitting back making fun of how Sally shouts, of how Joe dances, of how Bill sings and Dave claps. I tried to use names that don't exist here. Someone is going to sit back and make fun of somebody speaking in a heavenly language. In church, we, it's just an echo from the upper room. They were there in the upper room as well. You see, as long as God has been moving, mockers have been mocking. It used to be that they would sit there and laugh and make fun. Now they can just get on their phones and text everybody. They tell me that silence helps things to settle in. The third sound that still echoes from the upper room. Acts chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. I'm supposed to be closing right now. I'm going to. Thank you, Brother Lawrence. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation. Somebody say they were believers. Hallelujah. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they heard every man speaking in a diversity of tongues. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? How is it that we hear every man in our own tongue? Wherein we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the other part in the parts of Libya and Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them. Listen, we hear them speak in a diversity of tongues, but they're all saying the same thing. They're all declaring the wonderful works of God. I feel the Holy Ghost about to break loose in this house today. I hear the sound of heaven starting to rumble in the atmosphere today. The third sound that still echoes every time there is a Pentecost. Every, the third sound that echoes from the upper room is the sound of the believers. I know the unbelievers may mock me, but you will not silence me. I know you may doubt it, but I'm still going to shout it. 
There are some today that declare the Holy Ghost is not for the modern church. That tongues is not for the church today. That it's not necessary. There are those that would silence, if they could, the echoes that come from the upper room. But let me remind the scoffers and the mockers. It was Jesus who said in Mark 16 and 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Don't you worry if there's a mocker sitting by you. Don't you worry if there's an unbeliever sitting beside you. Go ahead and open your mouth right now and give God praise in this house. I want to let the world know I'm a believer. I want this world to know I'm a believer. I believe in that sound from heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to open your mouth and speak in tongues. If you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, say, well, somebody's going to laugh at me. That's just an echo from the upper room. They've been laughing at us since the first was poured out. Listen, I just want to say a few more things. Brother Andre, you can give me some kind of build up because I still got, I got to, I'm trying to find the runway, but it's still out there somewhere. Music helps a preacher find the runway. That, that's for a landing, not, enough, not a second takeoff. But notice that the sound coming from the believers was nothing like the sound from the unbelievers. The unbelievers were mocking and doubting while the believers were believing and receiving. Listen, the sound, the sound that you hear will determine the sound that you make. Everybody hear me? Listen, I'm, I'm, I see the runway. Brother Andre's helping me. But the sound that you hear is going to be what determines the sound that you make. The believers heard the sound from heaven, which resulted in them speaking with the heavenly language. But listen, the mockers did not hear the sound from heaven. They simply heard the believers which resulted in them laughing with contempt. The problem is too many come to church Sunday after Sunday not to hear from heaven, but to hear from the people around them. We come Sunday after Sunday not to see what God is doing, but to judge what other people are doing. Listen, I did not come to this building today to hear you praise. I didn't come to watch you worship. I came to hear from heaven. I need a little more space for the runway. It's important. It's important for us to know the sound coming from the unbelievers and the sound from the the believers were notably and distinctly different. And if there has ever been an hour, and I feel the pressure, I feel the pressure to conform the pulpit to what the, the world is saying. I feel the pressure for the preacher to conform to what the popular voices are saying. But we need the church to sound different than the world. It's 
amazing. We want strong vocal politicians, but we want sissified weak preachers. We want to get our opinions not from what heaven is saying, but from what culture is saying. Notice that what caused the unbelievers to be amazed is that they heard Galileans speaking in native languages of all those that were gathered. Understand, this was the Feast of Pentecost. Jews from all over, not just Galilee, had traveled to Jerusalem. Can I tell you this? This is the third principle that's got to make us different than our world. Pentecost has always been diverse. The greatest revival that has taken place in modern oneness Pentecost took place in the early 1900s at Azusa Street. And it was every race and culture worshiping together. The pastor, the leader of that was a black preacher by the name of William Seymour. And it was white, it was black, it was brown, it was yellow, it was red. It was all races and all nations together worshiping God. We've got to be different than our world. There's got to be a diverse unity in the church. Our world is working to divide us by our color and divide us by our, by our language. But that's not what Pentecost is about. Pentecost is diversity unified. But notice, notice it was the tongues, it was the tongues of many nations that they were all speaking the same message. They were speaking in the, the language of the, the Cretes and the, all the Medes and the, all the different nationalities that the Bible records there. All of those various tongues, it was diverse. It was diverse. But they were all declaring the same message. Church, we can't afford for the white Pentecostal church to be preaching one message and the black Pentecostal church to be preaching another message and the brown church to be preaching another. We all have to declare the same message and that is the wonderful works of God. I'm going to say it this way. The church, the true church, wherever Pentecost is appearing, because without Pentecost, you are not a church. You are just a denomination. But the church, the true church, the real church of God should be the most diverse gathering of people in our community. Every race, every tongue, Every nationality, every culture should be represented in this church. But there's only one message. Look what the Lord has done. There's only one message. What a mighty God we serve. And we should never be okay with injustice. We should never be okay with innocent people being harmed. But people of God, we've got to stand together in this hour.
Angelina, you've been my sister for a long time. You afraid to give me a high five? All right. Angelita used to beat me up when we were little. She beat me in foot races for sure. I've never seen there's a difference between her and I. Church, we cannot let what the world is propagating and promoting to make its way into the church. We are diverse. We're different colors. We're different races. We're different nationalities. But we all speak the same message. What a mighty God we serve. Let me tell you what the Lord has done. All right, I'm going to... There it is. Putting the rudder down. Is that, is that how you do it? Rudder down, is that right? I don't know. I'm doing whatever you're supposed to do to land. Landing gear down. All right. Final sound. That still echoes from the upper room. Sister Lawrence, are you ready? I know you're going to love this one. The final sound that echoes from the upper room. The final sound that still reverberates any time there is a Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when Peter, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sin, and you shall... Somebody say, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to read verse 39 with me. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And the fourth sound... I know that heaven has got the sound and I know the mockers will show up and the believers are going to speak in other tongues but the fourth sound that's going to be wherever there is a Pentecost is the sound of the promise. Peter stood in front of a diverse crowd. Peter stood in front of a crowd represented by different skin colors by different languages, by different dialects, by different cultures. And Simon looked at them with authority and said, the promise is for you and for you and for you and for you. And it's for your children. And it's to everyone that is afar off. I hear that promise echoing in this room today that if you came into this house today and you maybe you came today as an unbeliever wondering what is this Pentecost what is this heavenly language that I hear others speaking around me perhaps before today you've been a mocker you've kind of maybe maybe you didn't laugh out loud but you text your friend you ought to be here this is crazy it's for you it's for your children Debbie, I'm so glad to see you. Look what the Lord has done. Debbie, the Holy Ghost is for you. The same Holy Ghost Mama Bush used to talk to you about. That same Holy Ghost is for you. 
It's for your neighbors. It's for your cousins. It's for your co-workers. Simon Peter looked at the doubter and he said, doubter, it's for you. He looked at the mocker and said, after you get done laughing, open your mouth and speak with new tongues because the promise is for you. for the drug addict it's for the alcoholic it's for the backslider it's for those who in the last 10 weeks you've grown cold in your faith it's for the depressed it's for the discouraged it's for the lonely and the lost it's for the rich it's for the poor it's for the black the white the brown the yellow it is for you Two thousand years later, the promise is still turning mockers into tongue talkers. Brother Roberts tells the story of the first time he came to church. I think Brother Sylvia said the first time he came, he, he was planning out the logistics of how to get out of there the quickest and never come back. What in the world have I walked into? Now look at him. Where's Bo, Bo testifies a similar test. Most of you, raise your hand if you're honest. And the first time you walked in, you were like, what have I walked into? Now look at you. Look around you right now. Listen, he's still, the promise is for you. The promise will turn a mocker into a tongue talker. The promise will turn a doubter into a shouter. I want us to raise our hands all across this room. And I want us to pray that God would let us sound from heaven. I want us to pray right now that God would send a sound from heaven. Listen, if you're just listening to me as a believer, you may leave here mocking. You don't need to hear me. You need to hear what heaven is speaking. Heaven is speaking. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Come on, every hand raised up toward heaven. You might have walked in here mocking. You might have walked in here doubting, but I want to say it like Simon Peter did on the day of Pentecost. This promise is for you. Come on, living hope. Our world needs to look at this church and see black, white, brown, yellow, loving one another. I'm not just putting up with you. I'm not just tolerating you. I love you. hand, get somebody by the hand in your household, whatever, to raise those hands toward heaven. This promise is for you. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that heaven would trumpet in this room. I pray 2,000 years ago there was a group of 120 plus women and children gathered in that upper room. They were dealing with social issues in their hour as well as we are. The Jews were being persecuted in their hour much as we are experiencing that now. But what came from heaven, that sound that came from heaven, it filled them with hope. It filled them with gladness. It filled them with joy. Somebody join me right now and just ask God to let that sound from heaven. Let it echo into our community. Listen, our world doesn't need legislature. Legislature doesn't get rid of hatred in the heart of the man. Pass all the laws you want to. It's not going to stop the racist from being racist. I'm going to tell you what will when that sound from heaven.
when that sound from heaven comes, when that sound from heaven, like as of a rushing mighty wind, begins to sound, it's going to change the way you talk. It's going to change the way you speak. So, Lord, right now I pray that sudden, that sound from heaven would once again fill this house where we are sitting. We don't need another good sermon from a preacher. We need heaven to show up. We need heaven to speak among us. Let's raise our hands one more time. Listen, church, the Holy Ghost is able. The power of God is able. I know it looks bad in our world right now on so many different fronts. And I'm not minimizing anything that's going on. But I'm telling you, if heaven will sound today, if there will come a sound from heaven, and if the world will be able to look at the church, as a reference point something different about those people this isn't just a front this isn't just a post on social media they're living this they're loving one another there's no division among them they care for one another if our world can look at the church in this hour and see that not just in the building but by what we post on the on the internet they can see we're all speaking the same message and that message is the wonderful works of God and I'm telling you they're gonna come they're gonna come from every race they're gonna come from every tongue they're gonna come seeking that sound from heaven and when they do we're gonna look at the drug addict and the alcoholic and the fornicator and the adulterer you know what we're gonna do we're gonna say the promise is for you the promise is for you the promise is for you it's for you. Amen. Amen. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd. Dot com. So I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait.